Hello and welcome to another edition of the Paul's Body Engineering Podcast. Today we bring you episode number 17 and once again I'm flying solo. Um, I find it very advantageous to talk about a lot of the stuff that I'm passionate about that I like to educate my clients on and um, I find that this podcast in particular is a great avenue to do that. I've had so many individuals reach out to me say, I've listened to your podcast and it's really great. And I cannot thank everyone enough for supporting it. It's just a passion project of mine. It's never going to make me a million dollars or anything like that. But I do enjoy it. I do talk. I do enjoy talking, uh, particularly about things that I am um, I'm passionate about and knowledgeable about. So today, I wanted to speak about the reverse diet. Now, I've had, and it's come to my attention, or particularly over the last couple of weeks, I've had that many questions thrown at me about various aspects of dieting. But people are not aware of the reverse diet. And look, it is relatively a new concept. You know, it's only been around for, well, it only actually has had a name for the last sort of five to 10 years at best. And even now, there's still not a lot of research around it. There's a few different methods that can be utilized depending on the individual to to better approach their reverse out of a deficit, out of a contest prep, whatever it might be. But it still has a place. And this is what... Um, I guess irritates me to a degree when it comes to challenges and short-term diets and crash diets and people dieting to holidays and things like that. There's no follow-on approach after that. You know, the last thing you want to do when you go on holidays is diet down on 1,200 calories so you look great. But then what do you do when you go on holidays? You you eat lots of crap, you drink heaps and you party and that's cool. That's what you're meant to do. You're meant to relax. That's what holidays for. But your body's not used to that level of of intake you know that that caloric intake that it could potentially be double if not triple of what your body is currently used to and when your body is not processing at an efficient level well what happens it it puts on body fat so people always come back from holidays a lot heavier and then they start their diet again and this is what happens at new year's everyone pigs out over christmas enjoys themselves and again i'm not discrediting that at all i do it sometimes too but you come into January and this is where the whole New Year's resolution came from and obviously, you know, 90% of people that start a New Year's resolution, it's, it's weight loss. So the reverse diet, I'm just going to break down the very basics and I've got no notes with me so I'm going off the top of my head here, very basics of the reverse diet. So whenever you enter a dieting phase, whenever you want to lose weight or more specifically lose fat because that's what we want to do. We don't want to just drop weight. If you drop weight, it could be a number of things. It could be water, it could be muscle, um, and it could be fat. But if you're specifically targeting fat, then that's the correct approach. So whenever you enter a dieting phase, there's generally a timeline attached to it. So you know, if we're talking the down the challenge path, and I'll use them as an example, and then again, I've said this in previous podcasts, I'm not against them. I just believe more education needs to be provided at the end so people don't blow out. But uh, so you, you, you're specifically targeting an eight-week period, okay? You start from day one, week one, and you finish um, on the last day of week eight. And your goal is to drop so many kilos in that period of time. You've committed, you've paid your money, um, you know, you're going to go to so many group sessions, you're going to do a couple of PTs, you're going to check in, you're going to do body scans, all that sort of stuff, which is all great. But what happens at the end of that eighth week? So... Depending on the eight-week challenge, some will have various diet plans attached. Some will just put you straight into a very drastic deficit. I've seen some that are horrendous, you know, as low as 800 calories, but we're not going to go down that path. Um, But you get to the end of week eight, 
there's generally a celebration and a congratulations and you know you've lost six kilos for example that's great fantastic you look awesome and you're pretty stoked with yourself but then what do you do what do you do then now if you are literate in calories if you actually understand how calories work or at least can track calories and have learnt through that process then a reverse diet is not that difficult if you have not been shown how to track calories and if you've just followed a meal plan and eaten what you've been told then a reverse diet will be quite difficult unless you've got someone there to guide you someone there to actually plan your meals out of your deficit so when we talk tracking calories the simplest way to explain a reverse diet is effectively just increasing calories over time monitoring your weight as you go and making sure that you don't get too high too soon that's it but the beauty of of um, a reverse diet is it enables you to take advantage of all the hard work you've done whereby you look great you feel good um, you know you're lean you, you you've got somewhat of the body that you wanted and you can increase your food with at the risk of very little weight gain so why would you not want to eat more food and still look good this is what I don't get. People don't understand this. They want to diet. They want to get to a certain number, a magic number on the scales, but then they're not prepared to sustain that period. They're not prepared to maintain what they've done. And then this is why people cycle in and out of diets all the time. And it's, and it's I guess, why I've got a job because as much as I would love everyone to understand and educate, it's just not going to happen. So we effectively, that's what we do. We, we, we get you to a certain point. So that might be a goal weight, how you look. If I'm prepping someone, it'll obviously be stage condition. And then we slowly reverse out. Now, there's a number of ways to do this. There's a number of ways to increase calories over time. Some people, I've had to put straight back on the maintenance calories. So you can calculate what your maintenance calories is. Now, maintenance calories effectively is when you're when you calculate what you expend, so all of the energy you expend, so your total daily energy expenditure, which is effectively when you eat, when you move, when you sleep, when you fidget, when you sit at work, all those sorts of things. And then you add that to your daily step count, you add that to any um, energy expenditure when you train, all of these sorts of things. Put them all together and that's your total daily energy expenditure. We figure out what your number is in terms of maintaining your weight. So what it takes to eat, say, 1,800 calories and burn off 1,800 calories. So nothing, nothing is moving. Your weight stays the same. You eat the right amount, you burn off the right amount. And look, there is variables in that and there are discrepancies and things like that. But I'm just using these numbers as an example. So that's what maintenance is. So the example I was going to provide is... Some people I have to put straight on maintenance because they, after their dieting phase, they're traveling or they have to do something or depending on their personality, they might not have the mental toughness and this is no due respect to anyone, but they might not have the mental toughness to hang on for another three or four weeks to diet out slowly. Some people just cannot tolerate that. They've dieted long enough, they want to get out. So we throw them on maintenance. There might be a slight weight gain because we're going from... Again, I'm going to use round numbers, say 1,200 calories to 1,800 calories. That's a 600-calorie increase pretty much overnight. So there is going to be a slight gain. But if they're diligent, if they're regimented in their approach and they stick to their numbers, the weight will settle and they won't gain any more. And then we can continue to reverse from there depending on their, um, their goals and their training. The other approach is slow increase every couple of days. So I do this specifically with my competitors. 
Um, after they finish their last show, they're done. Every second day, I'll get them to check in. Why? One, because they need that accountability because all of a sudden, all their goals are gone. They've worked so hard for 20-odd weeks, and they've done their competitions, and there's nothing on the horizon. They, I've, I encourage them to set new goals. It's very important that they do, but, but getting on stage is a big goal. So when that's gone... They need something else. So every second day I have them check in. Now, depending on what their weight is doing and how they're feeling and how they're trained and all these sorts of things, I'll slowly increase their calories. But I'm only talking potentially 50, 60, 70, 80 calories, and generally it's carbs. Carbs first. We get the carbs back into the system. Protein really hasn't changed through their diet, and fats will be relatively low. But fats being a heavier calorie, you can't go up too fast. So every couple of days, I'll increase their calories, assuming their weight is holding. Yeah, some, some people lose weight still. So you know, then you have the opportunity to get more food in quickly. After about a week, we look at their fat and, and, and identify whether or not we can increase that. And we, we sort of conduct this process over the course of three weeks. Three weeks is generally the critical window when you've gotten lean and your calories are quite low to reverse out successfully. And now that seems like a long time, and it is, because if you've dieted for a long period, the last thing you want to do is effectively diet some more. And, you know, we say diet some more, but it's a reverse diet. So it's still a diet. You just have to, it's, it's still staying relatively strict. Now, some people will want to blow out and some people want to go party and some people will just want to eat, you know, the, the entire fridge. And if that's your prerogative, that's fine. Uh, I'm only here to provide guidance and direction. But the last thing you want to experience is post-diet blues or significant weight gain after a diet because your body is so susceptible to, to fat gain because you've eaten so little for so long. So it's important to rejig your metabolism, adapt your metabolism and keep it adapting to accustomize it to more food. And I'll give you an example. I've had plenty of clients over the years who I've done this with, particularly the contest prep ones, but it's the same animal whether it's contest prep or not. And um, you know, I've dieted some females in particular down to say 1,300, 1,200, even even 1,100 at some stages. Some some even lower, and that was what was needed for stage. It was only a very short period of time that they were at that length, at that depth. Sorry, but having done that and then had a successful reverse, they've got up well over 2,000 and maintained weight. Now they've had to put on some weight because stage weight or stage condition weight is not sustainable. But I'm only talking a couple of kilos. So how good would it be if you looked amazing? You had a six-pack, you had ripped shoulders, good-looking legs, great um, glutes, all these sorts of things, and you only generally carried around two or three extra kilos than you needed to because you were um, regimental with your food. Now, not everyone can be, but the, the point is if you can increase your calories to a really comfortable level, um, you know, say... Let's again. We're going to use round numbers for a female, sort of two and a half thousand. For a male, they should be able to get well over three. If you're eating two and a half to three thousand calories every single day, that gives you a lot of latitude for a lot of different food in terms of flexibility. So you could have the sneaky beer, you could have the glass of wine, you could have a little piece of chocolate. It's when people binge and overeat and overindulge that they put on weight. But if they are consistent with their intake over a seven-day week and just have the occasional indulgence, particularly when they've reversed successfully, their food is nice and high, their metabolism is performing well, and they're supporting that with good resistance-based training, then there's no reason why you can't do that. The issue people have is that they, they hate having to do this for so long. And this is what I did in a previous post about it being this shit is hard. 
Because it is. You've got to diet down. You know, if you're carrying maybe 20 kilos of body fat that you want to get rid of, that could take you 40 weeks. That could take you a long, long time, nearly a year to get rid of. And then you've got to reverse after that. But isn't it worth it? If you can get 20 kilos off your frame, take the stress off your joints, off your body, improve your mobility, improve your energy, improve your sleep, improve your sex life. If you can do all of that and then eat more food and maintain a low body weight, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you want to go through that process once and get it done right? Not cycle in and out of diets, not do an eight-week challenge, pack on five kilos, do another eight-week challenge. Like I've had people approach me and say, I've done six eight-week challenges in a row. It's because they do it, they blow out, they do it, they blow out, etc., etc. That's no way to live. That's that's That sucks, in my opinion. You're better off doing it right the first time. Like it, it may seem long at the time, but if you reflect back on it after you're done, I guarantee you it would be worth it. I guarantee you, you would go, oh my God, how good was that? I'm so glad I did it. And other people would be inspired by what you've done. And isn't that what life's about? Inspiring others to do the same and, and be better and happier. So the reverse diet, I'm kind of getting off on a tangent here, but the reverse diet is probably the hardest component of a diet because you've reached your goal. You've reached your goal and what's next? So I always tell everyone who, when they start a reverse diet or they're about to start a reverse diet um, to make sure that you've got new goals set. So it might be a photo shoot. It might be a weight number. It might be a holiday coming up. It might be Christmas. It might be a family photo. If you've got that next goal set, it keeps you more accountable. And obviously, I do my part in regards to accountability as well, but it's up to the individual at the end of the day. I don't put the food in their mouths. They do that. So... They need to make sure that they're still accountable post getting to the end game of their initial goal. But the reverse diet is incredibly successful. Um, it has been um, utilized successfully now through many evidence-based coaches all around the world. Uh, and look, some people don't follow it, and that's fine. If that's your prerogative, that's what you want to do, that's cool. But if you want to diet, look good, and then still eat reasonably well and eat relatively high-volume food, You've got to go through a reverse. It's as simple as that. Um, and there's a number of ways to cycle a reverse too. So if you if you want to put on natural muscle, for example, so if you go to the gym, do uh, weight based training, um, you know, three, four, five times a week, and you start, and and everyone knows that you've got to eat a lot to gain natural muscle, right? So if you're doing that, you're eating a fair bit, and you're, you're reasonably tracking well. Um, and you are getting bigger, but then you're getting a little bit softer. So that would suggest that you're carrying a little bit too much body fat. So if you've got a coach or, or a trainer that's well-versed in this, you can approach them and say, hey, can we do what's called a mini cut? And if they know, then they'll go, yep, no problem. So you can do a mini cut four to six weeks, generally speaking, is the time frame. We, if you have reversed successfully because you're in a big um, building phase, then you're starting at a high calorie point. So again, we'll use the, the two and a half thousand calorie example. So if you're at two and a half thousand calories, you're training well, you're just carrying a little bit more body fat than you'd like and you'd like to trim down a little bit. So for four weeks, I would drop you down to say 22, 21, even 2000. So we're taking five, 500 calories out. Now you're not gonna miss it a hell of a lot. It generally means reduction in portion sizes of what you're already eating. But over a four to six week period, if everything has gone right and there's no underlying issues, you should drop body fat. You keep training the same way, um, you keep eating the same way, and you can get a, a, a little bit leaner. 
And then what we do, once we get that, so after six weeks, we go, right, okay, we're happy with this. We've dropped two and a half kilos, three kilos, whatever it might be. And we go, right, we're going to reverse back out again. So even though we're on 2,000 calories, we're going to reverse out. And often, and not all the time, but often, we can reverse out higher than when what we started on. So we start on two and a half. Chances are you could probably get to two six, two seven, if not two eight. Now, how good would it be to even eat more food? And that's sort of the peaks and troughs of a successfully dieting resistance-based trainer. That's what they do. If they're, and I'm not talking you have to be completely 100% accurate with your food every single day. But when you diet out and you have a high caloric intake, so a two and a half to 3,000 caloric intake, there's room for error because you're eating so much. Some days you're going to eat under because you're just too busy. Some days you're going to eat over, like on a weekend because you've gone out or something. But it all balances out because you've done the hard work and your metabolism is set for that point. So reverse diet is critical. If your eight-week challenge, if your Instagram bought 30-day diet, if your local gym challenge doesn't have an approach that involves a reverse or recovery diet, you need to ask the question. And if they don't know what you're talking about, then you need to question why you're doing it and perhaps consider doing body recomposition and metabolic adaptation instead because this shit is hard. It takes time. But if you do it right the first time, you're not going to continually cycle in and out of diets chasing the ultimate goal and chasing that goal weight or that goal physique when you can do it once, stick to it, and never have to do it again. So that's it, guys. Thank you very much. I hope that made some sense. I'm always open to questions. If you'd like to find me any questions about the reverse diet, that was it in a nutshell. I'm not going to get into the nitty-gritty of how you calculate all the numbers um, and things like that because every single person is completely different. Every individual is different based on their own levels of training, their metabolic position, um, their physiology, all those sorts of things. So there's no point in, in talking specifics. I just want to give a general idea of how it works, how successful it can be. And there is a golden, uh, a, a treasure chest at the end of the rainbow if you're prepared to work hard first. So thank you very much for listening. Really appreciate it. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please screenshot it, share it on your stories, tag Paul's Body Engineering. And as I say to every client every single day, have a great day. Mm-hmm.